For seven weeks throughout October and November, Erica and I will be traveling across the U.S. recording a web series called Untethered on the Road, sponsored by portable power company Tilt, T-Y-L-T. You can follow along by checking into Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Tilt Products, that's T-Y-L-T, or head to Tilt.com. And be sure to come back later in the year at Tilt Products on YouTube and check out the video web series following our adventures across the country. And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. Hashtag live untethered. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 of the Go Get Outside podcast. This is, as always, your host, Jason Milligan. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. Are you a returning listener? Were you here for the roundtable discussion about backpacking a few episodes back? Well, if you enjoyed that, I have good news for you today. We have our second roundtable episode. I sat down back in July with Skydive Monroe in Monroe, Georgia. I talked with Bill Scott, the owner, operator, and pilot, Bruce Manair, a tandem instructor, Amy Butler of Manifest. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out very soon. Ed Bishop, who is also a tandem instructor, and Annie Curry, who is their editor and self-proclaimed newbie. And we got together in the air-conditioned part of the drop zone and talked about everything you could want to know or need to know about skydiving. Bill, and, I, and I'm, I'm here for help. Uh, no. <laughs> Isn't that what you do in front of the crowd? It's like admitting is the first, right, okay, right, okay, right. first step. That's it. Okay, I'm good. Bill Scott. I uh, own and operate the Parachute Center, Scott Ivan Row, and I've been doing this for a long, long time, 37 years, over 8,000 jumps, and I fly, and I pack parachutes, and I do all the stuff that's got to be done and have a great time doing it, and I get to I get to play with all these kids. We get to wear shorts and T-shirts and, you know, party and drink beer at night and start all over again tomorrow. You don't tend to wear business suits each day? Oh, this is it. This is our business suit. Yeah, yeah. The t- short sleeves and no tie. That's my business suit. That's it. <laughs> or I was. I was four. just going to say. You were four? When you started skydiving. Okay, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. That makes me feel much younger. <laughs> Not. I'm Amy Butler. I work in Manifest at Skydive Monroe. I used to skydive. You work at Manifest? Yes. You should explain to people what that means. We do paperwork for our tandems, and we make sure the airplanes keep running. You put people on airplanes and so you're a valuable person sometimes yes. <laughs> bill, bill thinks i'm more valuable than i really am though 
it's okay. <laughs> I don't want to do it, so it's okay. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Anytime I have to do paperwork, I'm always happy to have someone else do it. She does a great job. My name is Ed Bishop. I've been skydiving for approximately 10 years. I've had a tandem rating for about four years. I have almost 2,000 jumps. 1,400 of those have been tandem skydives. <laughs> because... <laughs> Bill makes me work. He's a hard charger. And he wants me here working every weekend because if I don't work, he doesn't make as much money. So he's um, valuable too. He gets to goof off during the week. So he wears a suit and stuff like that and travels around. So, That's you good. know, I, I should charge him for coming out here. I mean, instead I pay him. That's wonderful. This is so you're basically a philanthropist oh, buddy, is what I'm you're working. saying. I'm yeah. working all I can. Trying to. But. Volunteer help's hard to get. And when you get a good volunteer helper, it's like uh, Bruce and myself, we... He tends to exploit us. Hey, you're not volunteers. You get paid. Oh, I'm we do? Not, yeah. I imagine when people are jumping out of airplanes, they probably don't want the volunteer Independent jumper with them. Okay. Right, there you go. Independent contractor. You're here voluntarily. Yeah. They're here. probably happy to hear that everyone's being paid. I'm here voluntarily, and if I'm not here, I get in a little bit of trouble. Why aren't you at work? <laughs> <laughs> really you. No, I'm just playing. It's all fun. Um, I do this because um, it's just an amazing sport. Uh, my name is Bruce Miner. I've been uh, skydiving for nearly 30 years. Yeah, I've known Bill all of those, almost all of those 30 <laughs> years. It's crazy. The amazing um, thing is he's only 28 years old. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't let the hair fool you. <laughs> Currently, I have a little over 5,400 skydives. I do throw people out of airplanes on the weekends, and it's a lot of fun. I also teach people how to skydive, and that's even more fun. I really cannot even imagine my life without skydiving, honestly. I know people that have quit. I don't see how they do it. Well, Amy. you know, there are She's quitters. Still hanging out with you have to like it. Yeah, yeah you have to like are you, it. Are you a quitter? Is that I'm why you're the paperwork yeah, person? I'm a quitter. Time quitter. <laughs> but I love being out here. So I quit skydiving, but I'm still here all the You know time. what they say about AA, right? It's for quitters. quitters. Yeah. Well, since, she does, since she doesn't drink, we can't drink get her on that She won't even freaking drink. I know. Watch Look, that language. Sorry. All of this pressure. Why are you guys pressuring me to drink? You don't need to. You don't, <laughs> believe me, you don't, don't need to. pressuring you to do the most enjoyable things I can think of. Drink and jump out of airplanes. See, I hang out with them. That is the most enjoyable thing I can think You're of. You're right. You are absolutely right. I'm glad you recognize that. <laughs> um, I am Amy Curry. I'm like the mama out here. I'm the, the old broad. I'm a newbie too, kind of. I only have a little over 300 skydives. And I am the editor as well. So anyone that comes and does a tandem and gets a video, I edit them and make them pretty and make them look cool. I try. I love it out here. It's like a new family. And we really, really love what we do. And actually, this is a family that we like. Yeah. It isn't like yeah. our own family. This we is a family we get along with. Family. We chose this family. Pick, right? Yeah, we chose this family. And it's, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's good stuff. That's it's, what they say about your friends, right? They're the family that you get to pick. Mm -hmm. yes. That's it. That's it. Yep. And the nice thing is I've worked with Bruce for 26 years, taught him a long time ago to skydive, and been involved teaching these other people how to do things. And uh, it's an amazing staff. It's an amazing group of people. I think we're all on the same page as far as having fun, being safe, mm -hmm. and looking after each other, not just us as staff and, and the other jumpers, but there's young jumpers that everybody looks after, and I don't have to scold them much, but every once in a while, we uh, have to direct, direct them to uh, <laughs> be proper. Do don't you hurt a, yourself. Do you have a paddle somewhere? He does oh, yeah. Just in case. Yeah, I, I got a woodshed. <laughs> do you make them pick their own switch? Oh, yeah, they do. They do as soon as they land. It's like, oh, yeah, this is going to hurt. Okay, not a problem. Sometimes they cry even sometimes, before uh, they yeah, yeah, sometimes they cry, and, you know, and then they go away, and they come back sometimes so and it's okay but the jumping part i think we may all be it's, it's an amazing thing to do you can't describe it 
and I've had newspaper people come out and they've made a jump and they say, I can't describe it. And once you've done it, you understand it, but it's really hard to put into words what's there and why. So everyone listening is going to be happy to hear that for the next hour or so, they're not going to hear any descriptions of what we're talking about because yeah. it cannot be described. It cannot be described. <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, I can't describe the non-description. Well, it's uh, not like going on a roller coaster because no. that's the biggest thing people say. Well, I don't like roller coasters. I said, oh, it's really? nothing like a roller coaster. No, you don't lose your stomach. It's totally different. So that's that's the default for most people is they mm-hmm. think roller coaster, mm-hmm. closest experience they can think of. Or being scared of heights. Right. It's another one. Right. It's, it's out of the picture. Yeah. It truly is out of the picture. So I tried a tandem once in the past, and that was the thing I noticed is because you're so far above everything, you're not really aware of the height. Exactly. It just feels like the earth is very, very slowly getting larger. Yeah. And more definition mm-hmm. is appearing. In exactly. It, it doesn't feel like you're dimension. falling. See, you yeah. described it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Call up the newspaper and <laughs> tell them, tell them to give me a job. able to describe it, <laughs> With it's, one it, tandem. It's the, it's the rush to do it again and again that you can't describe. Just wait till I do five tandems. There you go. No, then yeah. you just need to learn to skydive. <laughs> we won't let you do that many. You got to do That's that. Good. I wouldn't really want to do five of them anyway. I would kind of feel bad by that point if I wasn't properly trying to get certified. Yes. Yeah forward with right. it yeah at we some point you go it. i've got to move forward i got to move past the tandem into the right. free fall portion of by myself and wearing my own gear and but all that really entails is getting past your fear mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with anything besides you if you can learn and if you can listen to instruction then you're more than capable of doing this i think so. perception is that it's dangerous and scary and all that well it's no more dangerous than anything that you do other than sitting at home and watching tv so we minimize try to minimize the risk leaving an airplane is like putting your hand outside of a car window at 80 miles an hour and then you just go it's a big picture and you just go enter the picture there you go that's it there's no depth perception you don't have anything to tell you how far away you are or how fast you're going it's just other than an altimeter that gives you so many feet it, it, it's interesting because how many jumps did you say you have 8300 so i mean that should be a pretty good indicator for people when they come in and like, oh, is this safe? And you say, well, I've done it 8,300 times and I'm still here. And I can say, I've never been hurt skydiving. Yeah, a lot of injuries out here have yeah. nothing to do with skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I stepped in a hole so looking for a parachute and broke my ankle. But other than that, that's not a skydiving accident. That Most was just... of the injuries are after you land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and after hours. Skydiving's the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> After hours, when the when there's no more skydiving going on, it's getting dark. The campfire's on, and, and the beer lights on, and the beer yep. lights on. The beverages are and flowing. Hey, let's try this. Okay, <laughs> hold my beer. Watch this. Yes. <laughs> so let's have everyone talk about how and why they got into skydiving. My son has Down syndrome, and his camp that he goes to, we do a fundraiser. We just did our sixth. And it started as skydiving, and I signed up to raise money. And you raise $600, and they do, you get your free skydiving video. And I did it twice and got hooked. So I just started skydiving, and now I'm help run it. It's called Jump Fly, and I just went nuts once I started going and been here ever since. That's how I did it. I never thought about skydiving. She goes, you, do you want to sign up for skydiving? I'm like, sure. <laughs> I said, I'll only do it once, second time. Oh, maybe not. So it was never even a thing for you where never you're like, oh, it. one day I want to try that. It just nope. accidentally fell accidentally. into it. Yep. Look at me now. Well, like I said, about 30 years ago, a fellow employee, I work in a body shop. He came up and asked, walked around the shop and asked who wants to go make a skydive. And I had never thought about it ever. And uh, I was 25. And I thought, sure, why not? So he made all the arrangements. We do a class, so like an eight-hour class prior to uh, making the AFF jump. So I meet this 
crazy looking guy sitting across from me, Bill Scott. He's a little younger back then as well. And so I did the class and made the jump and couldn't believe I was doing it as I was climbing outside the airplane. I, I The things that were going through my head, it's just, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? I've already spent eight hours. I've already spent the money and go ahead and do it. As soon as I landed, I knew I wanted to do it again. So you skipped tandem. You didn't yeah, do a tandem. Yeah, very oh. first one. I don't know if we were doing tandem then, were we? 80, we when did you start? 89. So 80, yeah, yeah, we were doing, we were... We had one tandem. We're doing some mm, tandems at wow. that drop zone. I was the yeah. chief instructor there, and it was like, yeah, that was Billy had a tandem, right? Yeah, yeah. eighty nine. Yeah, we weren't doing Crazy. a lot of tandems. We were doing some. Accelerated freefall was the thing to do. So I made the one skydive, and then was back the next weekend to make another. And uh, I think the longest time I've been off of skydiving is maybe two months for the past nearly thirty years. So. I, I'm, I'm hooked. And if I'm not out here, the wife's asking me to go out to the drop zone. <laughs> so, That's my husband. Are you going out there whether it's raining or not? <laughs> I, I, you know, a couple of weeks and I'm, I'm getting a little antsy. And, and it's crazy. You know, you make so many skydives, you would think you'd get boring, but it's not. Never. I just, it's a release. It lets me Definitely. forget about everything during the week. And uh, so, yeah, I love it. Big stress. Really. Can't do this. Think about work. Mm-mm. No. Right, right. I'm a, I'm a climber, and it's very similar where when you're climbing, if you're thinking about something else, you're yeah. really not paying attention to what you're doing. That's it. So you wouldn't be thinking about something yeah. else. Right. Yeah. True. So for me, I was 39. I was living in Massachusetts, and I went to a Chamber of Commerce auction fundraiser to raise money for some charity events. I wanted the hot air balloon ride and it auctioned off for like 750 bucks. <laughs> are you, are you going to say that you settled for this kind of time? <laughs> no, no, but um, I'm like, I'm like, well, that there goes that. I'm not paying that much to go hot air ballooning. Balloon, ballooning. So then the, then the skydiving tickets came up. I'm like, oh, I've always dreamed about flying because when I was a kid, I would dream about flapping my arms and flying. Now I really do it, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> do you but, still flap your arms? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sometimes the skydiving tickets came up for bid, and they went for more money than I than I wanted to pay, and so I passed. Well, at the end of the auction, the guy came over and said, "If you're still really interested in those skydiving tickets, I'll get you a, a set of them, and you can go do a couple tandems. I'll give them to you for the same price as the other one." I'm like, "Okay, it's for charity. I'll give him the money." So this ticket sat in my basement all summer long till the last weekend before the planes actually leave and the, it expired. And I'm like, well, I better go do this. Otherwise, I just threw 350 bucks out, <laughs> out the window. Might as well just, you know, give it to the neighbor. I found a friend who went with me and um, that was a challenge because everybody that I knew was afraid of skydiving. And I'm like, well, you know, it can't be too bad if people are doing it. You know, I went. And my tandem instructor and my video guy made it so fun for me. I said, this has to be golf or basketball or softball or whatever else that guys do on the weekends for pickup sports. I mean, boating, motorcycling. I mean, I, I've driven motorcycles. I've crashed motorcycles. I've driven boats. I've fallen out of them. <laughs> Did you sink in it? No. That's when he was drinking. <laughs> so, so, so wait a second. Based on what you're saying, you're a natural for skydiving because you fall out of things. I fall out of things. <laughs> Naturally. Ah, oh, very good. <laughs> you know, so when I got started, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, there has to be a reason and a purpose. So I set a goal to take my daughters on a tandem when they turned 18. 
and become a tandem instructor. It took me five years. Oh, Bill wow. helped, helped me make that happen. A lot of hop and pops. A lot of hop and pops. <laughs> yeah. And um, I became a tandem instructor and took both my girls on their 18th birthday and my wife on our 20th anniversary. That was awesome for me. And how did they all react to they it? They loved it. They loved it. I'm another accidental yes. skydiver. <laughs> my husband actually started jumping and got me a gift certificate to do a tandem, which I was not too thrilled with. It's like, why would I want to jump out of an airplane? But I did it because, you know, they're non-refundable. You spend the money, I got to go. Then I did another tandem. When my daughter, my oldest daughter turned 18, she wanted somebody to go in the plane with her. So I did a second tandem. After that, I was told no more tandems. You have to do AFF. So did accelerated free fall, learned how to skydive. I hated it. I didn't, I never, I never hated it. She didn't hate the skydive. She hated the plane. I didn't love skydiving. Bill says skydiving is not for everyone. I have done 70 solo skydives, and I just didn't love it. It took you a while to figure out that maybe it wasn't Well, I I think I wanted to give myself enough time. I figure after 70 skydives, if I don't love it, I'm probably never going to love it. And you got some great pictures I love free fall, but I'm not real fond of flying in an airplane. (laughs) Not real yeah. fond of landing under a parachute. I love free fall. But you don't want to land without the parachute. So Well, I mean, no. That would be horrible. You don't want to land in I the airplane either. I didn't want to land in the airplane either. But I love being out here. Yeah. So even though I'm not jumping out of airplanes anymore, I'm still here. So if this room is any indication, there are five of you. So maybe one out of five people isn't meant to be a skydiver. I think it's probably... But 80% maybe are. Let's hear yes. it. Yes. 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 I, I, I'm That's, on 80%, and of that 80%, if we can keep 10% of that, yeah. we, we are rolling. Yeah. We are rocking. Because there are we some that well. probably shouldn't be skydiving, yeah. and they still try. <laughs> yes. Every- well, I... <laughs> Why did you mention I did not Sorry. jump enough. <laughs> I, I didn't jump enough to make myself a safe skydiver. So it was either start jumping more often and get better at what I'm doing or just stop. You thought, you know, the skydiving is pretty fun, but you know what's really fun? Paperwork. <laughs> I do more than paperwork. Even if, even if I'm not working, I'm here. Yes. I only work on Fridays, and I close out on Saturdays. So typically, I'm not even here on Saturday until 1.30. She likes to boss us I like, Oh, so we made her get up early today. Yeah. Yes. I like to be oh, bossy. Yeah. And if these tandem people do not keep Amy happy, then they might have to take... A person, the, 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 well, the, the person at the top end of the weight the limit. The bigger people. <laughs> Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. What did I do? If you don't keep Manifest happy. You pay. You pay. <laughs> so they all try to keep Manifest very happy. So that's why she likes it. Yeah. She has yeah. power. She has she's drunk on power. And, and right? believe me, I, I stay out of the office when she's in there and just leave it alone because... I mess things up and then I make her mad and then she gets on me and I say, I don't know. I just tell him to leave the office. Get out of the office. Okay. (laughs) I have three daughters, so I like to be bossy. And the job she does is good because a lot of times jumpers will complain about manifest not doing or responding or making things quick enough. And I go, you want the job. Nobody wants to do it, but other people want to tell us how we should (laughs) do it. So Amy adapted to it very well. And it's not just sitting there taking that. I mean, you're looking at trying to keep the staff working so it's an equal balance for everybody that comes in, whether it be freefall instructors or the tandem instructors and keeping that moving and who got what video and, you know, try to keep a good balance so everybody gets an equal share. 
for the day, try to keep the airplane running so we don't have to shut down any more than necessary. And so that you can choose to jump out of the airplane instead of jumping out of it because it ran out of gasoline. Fuel. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good thing. Trust me. No. <laughs> Not in that. No, that's not a good thing to do. So, and then, um, but it, it, you know, there's a lot of computer work in there, entering everybody's information and data. So there's a lot more than just writing down some names. And then, at the end of the day, balancing the books to make sure the money that came in and showed in the computer and everything matches, and and it makes Bill happy. So everyone should be thanking you every time yes. they come yes. here and have yes. a good time. Yes. They just don't know it. They they really they do thank me quite a bit. <laughs> do you so. force them to thank you, or no, they, they choose I don't. to of their own accord? But you know what. I tend to thank them as well, especially when we have big events and it gets crazy. I, I make sure that I thank all of our instructors and all of our people. You got to think ahead. You got to look ahead of what's going on and, you know, and just be count and maybe be shifting and moving things and, hey, you're not on this one. Take the next one. We got to bit you here. Everybody says, okay, they, because when she's doing it, they understand that uh, what Manifest does up there is, is trying to keep it going. So maybe it's good that you're the one that likes skydiving the least because... If you yeah. liked it the most, I you'd be so be busy office. trying to get out of the office that you wouldn't yes. be paying attention exactly. to what you needed yes. to do. <laughs> so what we haven't talked about is why you decided to get into it and then decided, oh, let me make this a career <laughs> path. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do it for the money. <laughs> yeah. He has to be making some money somewhere because it's not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not making it here. Um, that's why I have two, two businesses. I, I saw uh, a demonstration parachute jump when I was a kid. These guys under these orange and white parachutes and black boots and just slamming into the ground. Thought it was cool. Thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Thought, like, oh, I man, I wish I could slam into the I ground. I wish I could yes. do that. I thought right that was cool. Legs. And you did it with and, a trash bag a few times. And I did it with a trash bag when I was when I lived in uh, Southern California and the Santa Ana winds are come blowing through. And my I was the run of the litter. I was the smallest kid in the family. is seven at the time. And they tie a rope around me and a big plastic bag and it pulled me off the ground. I thought it was cool. Jump out of the big trees. Yeah, it was. that's part of the problem. I think I landed on my head a few times. But yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, really. So so basically, it only it only could improve right. from that point. Yes. That's it. If you were going to do it with a trash bag, you that's may as well learn to do it with a real not? canopy. You know, yeah. In 1974, I guess it was, I lived in Kentucky and uh, or 75 and one of my guys I worked with riding motorcycles said, we saw these guys jump out of airplanes. You want to go? I said, yep. Two weeks later, I went and jumped. You showed up with your trash bag? I showed up with my trash bag and said, here I am. Can I use this? And they said, no, you're going to have to use this old green military parachute. Okay. It's still round, a little trashy, but, you know, and um, a couple weeks later, I made two more jumps, and I have been at it ever since. Every chance I got, I went and jumped, and I kept at it and kept at it and kept at it and kept pecking away at it. And a uh, little drop zone in Kentucky, we had some small uh, four-place airplanes, and Geez, I made my first jump there, my thousandth jump there, and my seventh thousandth jump there. And my son still <laughs> lives up there. But anyhow, when I moved to Georgia, um, I was worked at the drop zone about 40 miles south. It's now closed. And I worked for a parachute manufacturer for two years. And when that drop zone closed, I knew that we needed to have a fun, safe place to go skydive. I picked out Monroe and looked around, and it was... Airport was pretty rough with facilities, and I rented an airplane from a guy periodically and finally bought it, and the rest is history. I had no idea I was going to be here. I, had, I mean, absolutely none. It was, I guess it's my calling. I don't know. I have a remodeling business, and that's my calling, too. And one of these things is going to go, and it ain't going to be skydiving because I have never gone, except when I lived in Florida in the summertime, I've never gone more than about 30 days without jumping. Have, have you ever tried to combine the businesses and see if you could do some sort of skydiving remodeling business? I did, and it just blew the shingles <laughs> off the damn house. It just, they went everywhere. <laughs> 
and in doing it, I've always enjoyed teaching. I've enjoyed uh, instruction, and so working with experienced jumpers to become instructors has been just a fantastic thing. We'll have a lot of fun doing it and tweaking them, and uh, usually as we try to get them certified and do more, they are their own worst critic, and I don't have to do a whole lot to tweak them. They just tweak themselves off the scale. It's fantastic. And it's entertaining when it's not you. It's right? <laughs> Bill likes to be bossy, too. It's not so, just me. Yeah. <laughs> That's been it. I've just just kept on, kept on, and uh, I don't know what I'd do if I wasn't skydiving. I'd be I'd be miserable. I would. Your yeah, wife would. My wife no would be miserable. Want you at my, home. my wife does not want me around if I'm not jumping. She, no, it's very simple, and uh, she's pretty tolerable, but not that. No, it's it. go get out of here, go do something. So when the wintertime hits and we get short days, at least we get some jumps in. But it only takes a couple of weeks, and everybody shows. We got a couple of weeks of bad weather. The hangar is full because I know everybody's got the same thing. They gotta jump. We gotta get this fixed. So let's talk about that. If people have never jumped before and they're listening to this and they're curious about how to give it a try, what would be all of your advice? I believe everybody should make a tandem jump if they want to at least get the experience to kind of, what am I doing as I leave an airplane? There are numbers of people that we get that said, I I just want to go right in and do the free fall on my own. With uh, well, you still have two instructors in the air with you, but you're wearing your own parachute. But I think I think a tandem jump is a great way to introduce you to all the things that you can step forward from. That's a great stepping stone to get you I going. Agree. You know, my daughter and, then, hated it. and then realize the tandem jumps, we get them out here and they'll they'll come back the next day and do another mm-hmm. one or enroll in the class and say, when can I get started? And uh, that's where everybody is. I mean, that's a good starting point. Anybody want to explain what a tandem jump is in case someone doesn't know, in case there's two people listening that haven't figured out what a tandem jump <laughs> is yet? Tandem skydive is a uh, tandem, obviously two people. <clears throat> the passenger will wear a harness. I mean, it's, it's everything that they need to skydive. Minus the parachute. If they're going to have a harness, we'll fit them with a jumpsuit, goggles, because, you know, it is 120 mile an hour plus. It's a little hard to see if you don't have something covering your eyes. I mean, you're, you got to squint really, really bad. If, if you think it hurts when a gnat hits you in the eye regularly yes. at 120 miles an hour. Yes. <laughs> and then the, your instructor is going to wear the parachute with a harness as well. You will be actually buckled to the instructor via two at the hips and one on each side and then two at the shoulders and so we hook you up in all four points and we roll out of the airplane and you experience about a minute worth of free fall we'll open up the parachute relatively high considered what your experienced jumpers are jumping they're opening right around three twenty five hundred feet we'll open up around five thousand to six thousand feet and allowing you about three to five minutes for the canopy ride and then of course the more turns you do the quicker you come down but maybe the more enjoyment so, Sometimes people throw up though if you turn too much. We always, so if you, know, you have a tendency of throwing up, just tell your instructor. Please don't do a lot of turns. <laughs> yeah, we kind of get a feel for them uh, while we're in the airplane and under canopy. You know how fast they want to go, and I let them turn. I let them actually control the parachute, and I say, you know, you turn it as fast as you want to turn it. And then when they start to scare me, then I tell them to slow down. <laughs> Can I have those back? Right. <laughs> And then we come in, and uh, together we land, and uh, hopefully they enjoyed enough to sign up for another jump and or go right into uh, learning how to skydive. It's interesting. So before I came out here, I I sent out a message just to see what sort of questions people might have that they'd want answered. And I'd say a good 90% of the questions were not about the process of skydiving so much as they wanted to know about all of your experiences with tandem jumpers 
what do you do when people freak out on you? Have people puked and urinated on you? <laughs> these these were the questions yes. that multiple yes. people asked. And then one or two people asked actually pertinent questions. Funny. To to <laughs> skydiving. So let's go ahead and talk about that. When people won't go when people don't want to go out the door, when people freak out or when people have, have bodily emergencies, go? what do you guys do? Oh god, I forgot. This <laughs> own wife. Who wants to take it away? It looks like you want to start. Yeah, it's not too bad. I think um, I've had three or four people out of 1,400 throw up on me. You know, it's a little messy. You just got to clean it up. In that process, what it's done is help me learn how to make sure I, I get them to communicate with me. If they tell me that they're, that they're not doing well or feeling good, I can have them stand on my feet or I can have them reach down, grab their grippers on their legs, pull their knees to their chest. And what that does is that situates the harness differently and it moves the straps off of their artery and lets the blood flow in their legs a little bit easier. I've had people get instantly feeling better just by having them lift their knees up. So that's a lot easier. And when people tell me that they're struggling, it's easier for us just to kind of make some nice, wide, straight, slow sweeping turns, just very slow. And we just come down, it takes us about a minute longer and we just come in and land nice and smooth. As far as um, the communication goes, I had a guy who was six seven at the weight limit, we'll just say, and uh, he just failed to let everybody know that he had altitude sickness. So um, he was wheezing almost all the way down, and so when I got down, I had to help. I basically landed him by lifting his legs up, landed him, laid him out, covered him up, tried to make sure he was breathing until people came out there. I had one girl pass out about 10 feet above the ground. She just went completely limp. That was limp. my friend. That was that jump fly. <laughs> yeah, both of these were. And yeah, then um, I lifted up her legs again, landed her nice and smooth, yeah. and it was it was, a, it. it was a good jump. I mean, but for the most part, your instructors are trained to help, to help in a lot of situations like that. There are those that you know they're nervous in the airplane. You try to talk to them, and I always try to be as calm as possible with everybody. Um, I mean, there's some instructors that are all, yeah, yeah, woohoo, and all this other stuff. And me, I'm just kind of a level-headed, you know, I don't know why. I, that's just how I am. As far as, you know, getting to the door, and they're like, no, no, no. And, uh, you know, jokingly, we say, you know, no, no, no. Sounds a whole lot. Go, go, go. And, you know, we'll just wrap them and roll out the door. But I don't do that with everybody. Specifically, my wife has not gone with me um, a couple of times, actually. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was rough. That was rough. But at the same time, I don't want to take somebody out of the door that doesn't want to go. Because I don't want to be in free fall with somebody that could be, oh, absolutely. Could be potentially dangerous right, yeah. for me as right. well. Especially so. And, and right, you don't. That's going to be dangerous for you <laughs> for would be a dangerous. long time exactly. to come. So, but I mean, it's not only my wife. I've I've ridden down probably three or four other times as well. But you know when they're not going to go. You you mm-hmm. know when they're not going to go, and and it's okay. And some of them just they beat themselves up, and I just say, look, it's okay. You'll do it next time, maybe. I had one guy who didn't go. And his wife and his kid gave him such a hard time. She said, you're going back up. He manned up, paid again, and went. Yeah, she's like, I've posted it everywhere. You're getting up. Did did he enjoy it when he went? I don't Uh, know if he enjoyed it, but he did it. (laughs) (laughs) But I asked her, why wouldn't you go up? She goes, oh, hell no. And I'm like, but you're so mean to him. It was was quite comical. As, uh, As an examiner, in order to become a tandem instructor... You have to be 
a minimum of three years in the sport, 500 jumps, hold an instructional rating, and then you've got to go through a certification to become a tandem instructor. And I can conduct that course. It's a limited number of people in the U.S. that do that, you know, I don't know, 70 or 80 in the country. Every year or every two years, I have to go through a recertification myself with the manufacturer of the equipment. You know, so there's a lot in there that says this is what you will not do and this is what you will do. Unfortunately, un- unfortunately, a lot of people have seen the video uh, from California that um, with the elderly lady almost fell out of the harness because the tan instructor forced her to go and she was in the door she's saying no and they went anyhow now nobody got hurt everything was fine but we get a lot of questions about that on a regular basis did you see that video and is that going to happen and go if you decide you do not want to go you say i'm not going to do this it's perfectly okay i've got your money and we're going to ride the plane down it was a real expensive plane ride for you but it's okay very seldom i think in the 30 500 tandem jumps that I've done, I think I've only got maybe four people that haven't gone. And the one guy was big enough. He said, this ain't going to happen, dude. And I said, you're right. He was, he was bigger than me. And that was <laughs> so we, um, the thing is, is we want you to have a good experience. Right. And if you say, I am not, I don't really want to do this. Okay. We'll go to the door right up to the point and say, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to go? And if they go, yeah, I, I don't really want to do this, then we're not going to we're not going to go with them. We're not going to take them out the door. Get back in the airport, get moved back up on the bench, sit down, put a seatbelt on, and ride the plane down. Have any of you jumped with someone where you thought it would be okay, and then after you've gotten out of the airplane, you realized, oh, we shouldn't have done yes. this. Yes, everyone's in a while. <laughs> I wish I wish oh. I could let places. everyone see your I eyes could, right yeah, now. I wish I could put <laughs> them back in the plane. Oh yeah, that's when they bring the video and they say, "Wait till you see this video." <laughs> so, so tell us about some of those or a one of those experiences. Oh, one of them in particular, the guy was completely calm on the way up. It, it threw me for a loop, literally. And what I mean by that is, as soon as we were out of the airplane, tumble, we were tumble. tumbling, 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 and he was like a Spider monkey. He was all over the place. His arms were going everywhere. His legs were going everywhere. I didn't realize a person could move like that in a harness <laughs> when they're strapped to somebody. Go in a harness, turn miles. Um, was he perhaps an octopus dressed as a human? I had no idea that he was going to grow other appendages, but it made for a very uh, inter- interesting uh, video. But yeah, it's kind of weird. You, you just don't know what you're going to get once you get out the door. Sometimes they're they're like perfect, and other times it's like, what have I gotten myself into? Is there anything you can do when someone's flailing around like that? To, well, to... one, you try to, you know, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, be, be anonymous against the rule. I'm sorry, be anonymous against the rule. Choking them out is not a good thing. Uh, you know, they, you know, they have a tendency yeah. to. <laughs> you can't do that. You, you try to control the skydive and not let them control the skydive. So you know, just try to be the the better person, so to speak. But there are times where you just got to try to, ex, you know, trap some extremities without getting yourself into a situation. And then leaving, of course, at least one hand freed up, you know, open the parachute because that's always optimal. Uh, and recommended, right? It is recommended. Yes. When, when we're hooked up, and I, I didn't mind me, I had to step out for a second. When they're hooked up, their chest, their back is against our chest. We're not face to face when right. we leave the aircraft. So that's that's kind of important for everybody to understand. There's, we, try to yell. there's no yeah. accidental kissing. No, no try not, to, uh, not unless you're married to them. Uh, and then, the so when you leave the plane, the best thing we can do, and we everybody's been trained, is that we you just get bigger than they are, like a great, just as big X with your body and let them thrash. And there's a small parachute we throw out called a drogue. And that helps us maintain stability and a constant fall rate. So it's important if they're thrashing, you're tumbling, we stop the tumble quickly, throw the drogue, 
stabilize. And then if the person's underneath kicking and thrashing, all we can do is try to minimize their thrashing and grab one of those tentacles that's out there doing stuff and then still pull the release uh, so the parachute will come out at around 5,000 feet. But if it does get out of control, it's okay to open the parachute high. Uh Yeah. You know, they'll just have a long canopy ride. That's it. But at least... You you got everything under control. See, that comes into that two-rule thing I was talking about. Don't hurt me, don't scare me. Okay? That's it. See, there's a real reason for that. Definitely don't do both simultaneously. No, no. If you you do the scare me, the the hurt me thing is probably right behind it if you're not careful. So we do that. And and everybody, you know, we joke, have a great time, but the – the crew takes everything very serious. We're and and they're never afraid to ask for help. What I what did you see there that I didn't do or what happened? Everybody is uh, nobody's ego gets so big that they can't say, "Wow, that just bit me in the behind." Um, uh, I didn't like that one at all. Look at this. You're going to believe this video and with three thousand plus tandems. Like I said, you're going to believe what this guy did to me when we left the plane. So you never know. Ninety nine percent of the time, though, the people are we do a ground prep ahead of time. What to do. What not to do. What not to do, which is stressed. Um, and and then we do it again as we're rigging them up. And then we tell them again in the airplane what to do. So there's a constant training. Plus, touching a person has a tendency to help them relax. So when they're in the airplane, they're scared. They're looking around. I hate airplane ride, blah, blah, blah. Anyhow. And then once we get them hooked up and talk to them, you can touch them on their shoulder or their arm and say, this is going to be good. Come on. And they have a tendency to relax a little bit. And so... <laughs> just don't touch them inappropriately. Yeah, yeah. There's, okay. there's certain places you don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm I just saying. wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah. There's places you don't. Stay out of the swimsuit area. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The no-no no zone. The no-no no zone. zone. That's it. And, <laughs> and so just a simple pat on their shoulder or something really helps them relax. So, you know, and that's uh, it doesn't mean that they're not going to freak a little bit when you leave the plane because this is a whole brand new thing. But we do remind them that kicking and swimming is not an arch. Yes, an arch that's is, it. Yes, it's when they arch. push their pelvis forward. And it's forward not as going to help them if they can yes. No. Trying to run back into the airplane is it, it not doesn't work. Get you back <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Haven't seen it happen yet. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the uh, the old lady that almost fell out, but what you didn't mention was the Y modification on the harness that prevents mm-hmm. that from happening at right. this point. Yeah. They've, they've modified, modified the harness, the passenger harness, since then. So if some stupid instructor forces a student to go and the body position isn't right, this should help prevent that, that, that slipping out the back of the harness. Uh, all the manufacturers of the equipment have done that mod uh, to their harnesses. So, um, And with that particular incident, it was more than just the instructor taking the passenger that really wasn't ready to go, but also she really was ill-prepared and she wasn't fitted in the harness properly mm-hmm. anyway. Right. It was evident on, on the video of her walking to the aircraft where the leg straps were so ridiculous, ridiculously loose there's no way he could have tightened her up properly in the airplane right. on the right altitude. And we, we, we take a lot. This was an older woman. Uh, I think she was in her 80s or something. But we've taken people here. Recently, we just took a lady that went on her 80th birthday. We've taken uh, paraplegic, quadriplegics, people with other handicaps. We're very careful with, especially as you get older, your bones aren't. They're right. not my bones because I'm not that old. Not, we're not as <laughs> yeah, we're, they don't bow and bend quite like they used to. But um, So we, we take extra care in that know that we've got to take somebody that isn't flexible and they want to jump and to do this and so i think the oldest person we took was what 84 89 something like that 88 right in there and so right down from 18 to 88 at this point somebody comes in at 90 well it'll be 18 to 90 so 18 is the minimum age so you do have to be at least 18 yes. so parents yeah. cannot sign for their nope. teenagers to jump or anything like that nah then welcome to the lawyers uh, <laughs> not in the united states, yeah, right, not in the united states. and the faa the Federal Aviation Administration 
oversees some of the regulations on tandem jumping. And they also put in there 18 years of age. So the FAA governs that, which helps the drop zone because then we can't say, well, so and so did it. We, you know, we're, we're wrong. This is, a, right. and it's a good thing because you can't enter into a legal binding contract mm -hmm. if you're under the under 18 years of age, at least in Georgia. And so the FAA stepped in and said, here's where it is, 18. Period. We went, ooh, <laughs> helps simplify things a lot. So we talked a lot about tandem jumping. You all kind of agree that tandem is the way to start. Give a tandem jump a try and see if you want to go from there. I per well, I, I am a tandem depends. instructor, but it depends. There are some people who are actually ready for AFF and at, at minimum, at least sit through the ground course, which is, you know, six to eight hours worth of, you know, information on how to fly the parachute, how to fly your body, what to do if the parachute is not correct, you know, where to land, how to land, get all that information in. And if you still feel like AFF is the way to go, well, by golly, that's that's for you. But some people just don't want that responsibility. With tandem, it is limited, but it's also limited on your participation too. Mm -hmm. You know, we are basically setting your body, you know, fall rate. We are controlling the parachute, so we, we take a lot out of the picture for them. Um, AFF, you got to have your wits about you. I think. You have to participate, right, in truly. the skydive, which is different than tandem where you have minimal participation mm -hmm. hopefully from this from our students <laughs> <laughs> well, yes we want you to enjoy it yeah. but maybe yeah. let us fly and, uh, and you with just the enjoy accelerated free fall with the ff you, we need you to participate in the skydive you just can't go limp and lay there and just go well i don't have to do anything because there you have to be a part of it and that's um and, and that's that's good and a lot of a lot of people want to do be engaged and involved with that participation and that's good. And when they do it, they, they oftentimes have a preset goal or a picture in their head of how it's supposed to go and what should be done. And uh, if it isn't quite there, then they get to do it again and again and again. We'll continue until they stop trying to anticipate exactly how it's going to be and just go with it. Do the targeted learning objectives that we've got set for you. And then we'll add more as we go along. My goal was to pass my level one AFF the first time because my husband had to repeat his. So I just I just had to be better than him. So you just wanted to rub it And in. I did pass yes. it the first time. <laughs> so who wants to explain what the AFF certification process is like? Like if somebody wanted to get certified, what, what is that going to look like? What are they going to have to do? Well, they're going to show up early on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Obviously, call ahead and talk to Amy and manifest and, mm -hmm. and get scheduled. They will spend a, a good portion of their day, you know, starting in the morning into the early afternoon with one of our, our instructors. Again, we'll, we'll introduce them to the facility. We'll tell them our background, you know, where we're certified and, and that we're, we are a member of the United States Parachute Association, which is the governing body of skydiving in the United States. And then we'll go through, we'll introduce the equipment, how to fly the parachute, what to expect in the aircraft, what to do with air aircraft emergencies, because those do happen because we don't jump out of perfectly good airplanes, believe it or not, because I have yet to jump out of a perfectly, well, Okay, maybe one perfectly okay. good airplane, <laughs> but it wasn't here. Then we teach them, you know, the body position that they should carry in free fall. As far as instructing um, how to uh, trim up their body in free fall, we use hand signals because you, unlike in the movies where they carry on a conversation in free fall, you really don't because it is, it is extremely loud. Yeah, it just sounds like a big wind tunnel. It truly yeah. does. So we use hand signals, you know, and we, we teach them, you know, straighten their legs or 
push their pelvis forward or you know work correct their arms their body position read their altimeter in free fall which is kind of important because you know we are falling at uh, about a thousand feet every six seconds and so they only have they only have about 40 to 50 seconds worth of working time the whole first jump in the air only takes about 25 seconds to accomplish everything and we're giving you 45 now students often think like I left the airplane, next thing I know it was at 5,000 feet time to pull, so but they, they kind, of, kind of zone out. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are two instructors with that student. There's one on each side, main side, main deployment side, and your reserve side. So there are two instructors in the air to assist. You know, they, they usually do pretty well. Sometimes they're that technical thing going on, moving way too much, <laughs> but yeah, with two instructors it helps a lot. We do have a harness hold on them the entire time they are in free fall. So I mean, it's not like they're alone. Once it comes down to the bottom of the end of the skydive, as far as the free fall prior to opening their parachute, um, once they open up the parachute, it is up to them mm -hmm. because we don't we don't remote control those parachutes. The instruction that they were given during the day, earlier in the day, um, that's really where it comes into play. And I would say I stress almost 80% of the first jump course is flying the parachute because that is the part where they are most susceptible to hurting themselves. But they are wearing a radio, and yeah, somebody radio. is talking to them and telling them what to when do they listen. And, until when they, they get listen. to the ground. Radios do malfunction. Yep. So if yep. they're crying, someone can say, it's going to be okay. Well, be right. talk back. But it is a one-way radio. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't way want way them to talk back yeah. to us because ah. that means they're not flying their parachute like right. they're supposed to. Because their hands are busy flying the parachute. Right, right, right. So the radio is backup. We use the radio... If for some reason it doesn't work, we've trained a student on where to be mm -hmm. at given points, at given altitudes above the airport, and where to go and how to land. So we've taught them that. And if the radio works, fine, they follow our direction. If the radio doesn't work, they have predetermined places they need to be and what they've got to accomplish to get back to the ground and then pick everything up and come back and do it again. And sometimes they don't listen and sometimes. they just keep flying the wrong direction <laughs> and then the radio is out of range, so they, and they have to and the radio, land themselves. <laughs> the first sense of your senses that you have, the first sense that you lose when you're afraid is hearing. People don't realize that, but that is the first sense that goes away. Not sight, not taste, nothing. You can breathe the whole bit, but your sense of yep. hearing just seems to kind of zone over because I've had students say, I never heard you, man. I couldn't, you know, it was, and they, they worked it out. And on the bottom end, they finally said, well, I finally heard you. Well, yeah, well, you zoned back in is what you <laughs> did. So, um, and it, you know, so that's the thing that we, we're aware of all these things that go on and we try to cover it with the student of what to do, what to expect and what they may experience or may not and how to help overcome that with them. So there's a there's a lot that's done in that seven hours worth of ground school other than here's the parachute, there's the airplane, let's go skydive. There's oh, a, you mean you don't just hand people a parachute and uh, well, there's some people, There's out? some people I wish I did and <laughs> didn't spend all that other time. But <laughs> oh, There's some people that call and want to do tandems with their significant other, meaning, hey, can I wear the parachute and take my wife on a tandem? Well, no. Have you ever jumped out of an airplane before? No. Well, no, then no, you can't do that. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. 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 Every yeah. once in a while, we get a call for something. The joys of working in the office. I mean, you get to hear all I imagine you could let them if you didn't want a repeat customer. Right. <laughs> so you don't, you, don't need a, you don't need to wear a parachute to make a skydive. You need to wear a parachute if you want to make a second skydive. Right. That's and Bill doesn't like paperwork, <laughs> so paperwork. we're not letting you do anything that's unsafe. <laughs> you show up for the ground school. You do a jump, but I know that's not the end of the process. How many levels are there? Categories, there's about 11 jumps. There's from category A through 
G basically, and they're they're broken into targeted learning objectives. We've got all laid out by USPF what you've got to accomplish to go to the next category. We used to call it levels, and they broke it into categories for people, so it seems to make it right. maybe easier for them to understand. Currently, with instructors, you're going to do um, approximately eight levels. Yeah. The remainders are going to be either with a coach or just doing solos. You do your first jump course, you make your first jump. Once you land, we talk about we do a debrief. We talked about the good and the bad on the skydive, what to do to improve, and if you are successful on that skydive of, of reaching the targeted learning objectives, we'll move you on to the next level. And then we just advance you. Initially, it's just finding the how to open the parachute, you know, reading your altimeter and free fall, working on body position. Then we advance you into moving forward and doing turns. Start to give you some solo skydiving where we release you in the air and see what you do, kind of like taking the training wheels off. And then we advance you to just one, when I say advance, you're going to have just one instructor. And then after the very first one with one instructor, then we're going to release you right away out of the door. And then pretty soon you're doing solo exits. And then just a couple more jumps, then you're going to do actual solo skydive where you walk up to manifest, tell Amy you want to make a skydive. You plunk down the $27, $28, whatever it is for a solo skydive. You rent the gear, of course, if you don't own it. Then you go up and make your own skydive. Accelerated freefall means you're learning quickly. That's where the accelerated comes from. Back in the day, when I say back in the day, it used to be a static line that you used to learn. And static line was, you know, almost 20-something jumps. Well, now you can do it in less than 10. So that's where the accelerated comes from. But also with accelerated, you learn a lot in a short period of time. So you gotta be on your game. So it's not bowling. Don't don't show up hungover from the night before. We do not encourage that. <laughs> right. We do not encourage that. Or any recent dental work or broken bones or anything like that. We cover all of that Cold. basis. Yeah, don't jump with a head cold. Oof. Oh, well, look, I did it is... eight times, man. I'm all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's two for two. <laughs> Boy, he kind of complimented you <laughs> and insulted you so much. <laughs> and he appreciates that's both. That's, a, that's what's scary. He likes both. That feels complimented. <laughs> so something that we kind of touched on earlier when you were talking about the roller coaster or some of the misconceptions. So what are the misconceptions about skydiving that you guys have to deal with regularly? That you can make a skydive and then go jump off of a cliff with a wingsuit and do proximity with the side of the cliff. It does not work that way. I did that. Now can I go wingsuiting? When can I buy? Can I go somewhere else? And I, I do I kind of buy my own gear and do this? And uh, there's can I people put a camera that, on my helmet. Can I wear a camera on the next jump? No. There's there's things they don't realize the. Uh, uh, possible ramifications of the things that can go wrong. We, we, we're aware of all the things that can go wrong and try to minimize it. Students uh, and young jumpers, they start right out and they just want to be wide open and, and be like what they saw on YouTube somewhere of a guy flying around the cliffs and, and uh, all those things. Yeah, I think the misconception is you jump once or twice and you can do, whatever like you said, you all want. whatever you want. Right. But it's like my daughter is a prime example, does not like that I skydive, did not like skydive when she did a tandem and thinks it's, all is danger, and it is dangerous, but so is a lot of other things. I mean, even water skiing is dangerous. And so I, what I think people don't realize is it's such a big progression, and we have such awesome instructors and people here, and you learn things every single time you skydive. You learn things every time there's an accident. You learn something every time you're out here. And once you get better and better and better, it's at your risk to put the camera on your head, but there's a rule that you can't do it until a certain amount of jumps, and a lot of people don't realize that. 
there's rules for a reason. We try to minimize we try to minimize the the, the risk and the exposure to risk, if you would. And that's probably why we have distraction rules. as huh? well, right? And probably you want to it minimize is. people's yeah. distractions until they really know what they're doing. Exactly. exactly. And your injuries yeah. are caused yep. by stupid decisions. Absolutely. We get lots of questions. Well, has anybody ever died? Yeah, people die all, you know, in every sport. We try to minimize that. And in skydiving, when you figure that there's about five million jumps made a year mm-hmm. nationwide. The few fatalities that happen are normally experienced jumpers. Almost every one mm-hmm. of them are experienced yeah. jumpers. And all of them are either pilot, we refer to the jumper as the pilot, okay, as pilot input, like flying an airplane into the ground and not landing it the way you're supposed to, and uh, or equipment failure, entanglement. And so you, we don't have the problems that existed back from the 70s to the mid 80s of equipment being developed. Man, we went through a development stage and I was fortunate to be able to go through that and see it happen and how we managed to get where we are and <laughs> with no he's, injuries, he's I have still no walking. Some of the stories I've heard you tell, I'm not sure how you're still you know, here. Oh, damn, that didn't work. Let's try something else, you know. And so uh, the equipment's gotten to a point it's, uh, that the, the the equipment itself, the fabric, the lines, the th- it's not failing. Uh, the harnesses and stuff, they're not failing. The parachutes aren't falling apart. The jumper it's, is... It's the jumpers the jump. that are yeah. falling apart. And occasionally you have experienced jumpers that react to their problem too late. Mm-hmm. and don't have time to use the reserve. Uh, tandem equipment, for instance, it is mandatory that it has an automatic activation device on it, which at 2,000 feet on tandem, if you're still, let's say, in free fall or 70% of your free fall speed, uh, it sends out a signal to the reserve where the reserve parachute is and cuts that loop that keeps it all closed and allows that parachute to start out. On our sport, student equipment's also required to have that. And I make it mandatory here, all my jumpers mm-hmm. have them. Now, I made thousands of jumps without one, and I can tell you from jumping all over the world, I've uh, been fortunate to do that. I, I know what happens if you are unconscious or there's a problem and you do not have an automatic activation device, we know we're going to a funeral. If you have an automatic activation device, I've also seen it save lives. So it's a good thing to have. And why do I plan on, after this many jumps, you know, going out and severely hurting myself or killing myself. No, I don't plan on doing that. That is not my plan. But I'm not in charge of everything I do in this world as much as I'd like to think I am. So the automatic activation device has been very, really good for our sport worldwide. Again, it's it's not without risk, but take do all the stuff to minimize the risk and you're going to jump another day. One of the ways uh, AAD minimizes risk is if you have some young jumpers that are jumping together and one of them actually doesn't fly right and kicks another one in the head and knocks mm-hmm. them out then that AAD will automatically go off and they'll be under canopy and most likely land with minimal injury. Getting back to your question about misconceptions, another misconception is you can't just make one skydive a year. Kind of like scuba diving where you get certified and then you just, you know, make a couple of trips a year. We don't encourage that activity with skydiving. You actually need to be on your game. You need to stay current because you lose things. You can lose the edge, so to speak. We, even like like racing motorcycles, even if it was like dirt bikes or if you decide to race. You get out there, you go through the classes, you learn, you got the leathers, you got the equipment, you got the bike, you're racing. You don't do it for six months. You decide to go out and get into a big race. You're the dangerous guy in the race. And so that's why doing it regular is important to do. Yeah. And scuba diving is somewhat the same way as well. They recommend if you haven't di- been diving in six months that you don't need to get recertified, but you should take a refresher course yes. to go over everything yes. again because it's easy to forget Absolutely. all the things you need to yeah, remember. Absolutely. And, it, and people think it's cool. It is cool, Scott. 
you know, they think it's cool to skydive, but it's not a cheap sport. You know, you have to keep that in play. If you can't afford it, you're not safe if you don't come out here, but more than once every three months or so. Yeah, not the sport to get um, discount gear off of eBay. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Well, not uh, off eBay, I've, but I've bought a lot of things uh, off of eBay. Of course you have. <laughs> I avoid Craigslist. Okay, you Craigslist. Just, you <laughs> just have to make sure that whatever you're getting has been looked at yeah. Yeah. And again, by people, somebody that's experienced like, yeah. and knows the gear. Like with Amy, uh, when she decided that, you know, hey, that she had her own gear and sold it, and the girl that bought it had it for a while, she sold it to another, another mm-hmm. person. And again, you find the rig that fits you and you think it's the right size, and then get somebody like myself or another rigor to look at it and kind of evaluate the condition and if it looks good and you know the, the who had it and the date it was manufactured then it's good to keep going it isn't something like you said that you want to go to the pawn shop and pick up mm-hmm. and then just say i'm just going to take it and go jump it that was not a and there's great websites idea. we had drops yeah. uh-huh. there's a lot of you don't want to get it as goodwill no yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you see? Do you see a lot of parachutes in the no, local Goodwill? No. No, yeah. no, just just say. I've, I've I've seen a couple that you know they're just falling apart. I've got. And, in fact, a couple of the drums I've got over there yeah. have got rigs in them that somebody says, "Will you pack this for me?" And it's not only more than twenty years old, but it is old gear that you can't even adapt to new equipment. And I go, no, thank you. I'll leave it in the hopper. You, you want to take it home and throw it away or you want me to because I won't touch it. And, uh, but it's you keep your gear like anything. If you can keep, keep your gear up, you say you're a climber. Think about it. If you don't take care of all your ropes and all your buckles and all your stuff, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? If you only climb once a year, you're probably you know, in the danger zone. But if you wanted to get back into it, if you took a delay, then retrain, work on the you know, smaller cliffs, if you would, or whatever you do, and before you start going to the uh, more advanced. I, I would assume that it is a lot like climbing and that if you're only doing it once a year, you wasted a lot of money yes. <laughs> on your Absolutely. equipment. Yes. And like anything, getting certified, I don't care if it's uh, scuba diving, learning to fly. I mean, there's a lot of things. Sports that are high tech usually aren't really, real inexpensive to get into. So the learning part is a little pricey, but it's no different. You don't want to learn to you wanna start bass fishing? Go look at a boat and a bunch of really good uh, fishing equipment. It's going to cost you more than a parachute. Same thing with golfing. I mean, you can spend as much money mm. on golf as you yeah, can on parachute equipment. Them. And and you're going to spend a lot more money learning to play golf than you're learning to skydive. That's true. <laughs> Green fees aren't cheap anymore. Learning to ski, and you can the still same suck. thing. Yeah. And you, <laughs> <laughs> snow skiing, the same thing. You, know, you can you still suck after playing a lot of golf. Just go play putt-putt. You'll be yeah. all right. Uh, you know, snow skiing, same thing. It's constantly evolving, and the equipment is not cheap, and you only get to do it a few months out of the year. Yeah. And you get a lot more people with knee injuries doing that than you do skydiving. You know, I tend to avoid other activities so I don't hurt myself so I can't skydive. And you know you're a skydiver when you sit there and go, let's see, you want to go out to dinner? That would be three skydives. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm staying home and eating a burger on the grill. So <laughs> You know you're there when you start. Yeah, yeah when you start constantly look up at the sky. Okay. Yes, you're looking at the forecast on Monday. Monday, and you know it's going to change, but uh, you're going to... It's kind of like being a surfer. Yeah. Yes. You pay attention to the weather. Yeah. All yeah. week. And there's no sharks to eat you in our That sports. is true. That's a, well, Burns. not yet. Not okay. yet. Not yet. Oh, yeah. Sky oh, sharks and sharknados. Yes. <laughs> or the sky sharks, which are yeah. you know, like really big airplanes. <laughs> I had a couple hawks out there that don't like us. So you mentioned your reserve shoot, mm-hmm. and that was one of the questions mm-hmm. when I posted online with questions people had. Someone wanted to know how many times you've had to open your reserve shoot. 
And why? <laughs> I'm not really the best one to ask that. <laughs> Based on that response, I think you may be the best one. Again, I started when um, when I started and equipment was evolving. There were some we had some problems with uh, one of my parachutes, and um, I have about thirty, I think thirty reserve rides including some test jumps. Like when I worked for the parachute manufacturer, my job was to test jump parachutes and travel all over the country, go to parachute centers and take gear and party and have a good time. And with that, I've got 30 or 35, which is not normal. That is not the norm. I have a knock on wood. I have not had a reserve ride in about three years, which is good. And I've had them under tandem. You know, if we knew it was going to work every time, we'd only give you one parachute. Mm -hmm. When I had most of my problems, it was equipment failure, not packing errors. Most malfunctions are caused by packing errors. So we've minimized that. The reserve parachute has to be opened up, inspected, and repacked every 180 days by a certified rigger. That just happens to be me. I get to do that, too. They're classified in certain weights. The drop weight on a reserve is, uh, I think it's 254 pounds at 150 knots. Uh, it makes sure it doesn't blow up. And for a solo. Yeah, for, for a solo. solo. Yeah. For solo. And uh, tandem is 450 pounds at, I think, I think 150 knots still on that, but we, we raised the weight. And we did some test drops here for one of the manufacturers uh, on a parachute. We put um, 650 pounds of weight on this parachute and kicked it out at 210 miles an hour. It was really cool. It was amazing. It was like, <laughs> But cool. that 650 pounds of weight was not, yeah. Was not typical of what we would do on tandem. This was to yeah. test drop. Wasn't the that either. wasn't a tandem no, no. student. So this was, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of really fat tandem guys. No, this was uh, some special rubber dummies that weigh a lot. And oh, it wasn't just a bunch and, of pigs yep, in a box. Just all the big things and just kicked them out and just see if it was going to. And uh, it was to check the, the stainless steel hardware, see how much stretch there was into it, along with the threads and everything else. And it was it was a lot of fun. It's, I've been, been fortunate to do a lot of this stuff. And, uh, uh, I have... Uh, 17 cutaways. Oh, he's trying to catch up to you. Yeah, I'm no, I, I, I actually had a busy year. I had uh, six in one year. I had two in one day, back to back. But we had a packing issue. So we... It sounds we, like it. We, 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 we said, that, that, that person packing, that packing, that packing issue went... That packing yeah. issue went away. <laughs> went away. Went to another city. Knock on yep. some wood. We've we've been good rock. since. As far as that is sheetrock. <laughs> I'm hoping there's some wood behind <laughs> there somewhere. Back back behind you. Yeah. There you go. Um, sport cutaways where it's just me under a parachute. Uh, I have three. I'll show you a couple. I don't want any. <laughs> I don't want any. And I've only had one, but I'm only have a little over 300 jumps. But hopefully that's all I have. My husband's had one, and he's got, That's true. I think, 650 yeah. jumps now. We've yeah. actually had uh, first jump students have, have a cutaway. Oh, really? I mean, their they're very first, first skydive, they, yeah. they cut away. Yeah. And then I Do know they some. come back? Yeah, actually, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Um, they, they, they they've, they've already made it through the scary part. But there's those that, that will jump thousands of jumps without ever having one. And it's been a long time since yeah. I yeah. personally have had one. So about 600 uh, jumps under my sport rig, I've had zero cutaways. And the other 14 tandem, 1,400 tandems, I've had seven tandem cutaways. Do the, do the students know when it happens? Or are you oh, yeah. Pull? I say, oh, this isn't going to work. sometimes no. Yeah. yeah, I try to. They don't know I've I've tried until to you tell them. Hey, I'll tell you what, yeah. I need you to get your, get your hands in, get your head back. And, and, and we go through our procedures. Mm -hmm. And then we go, okay, look around. You see that thing over there? 
We have a good parachute above us. <laughs> that was the one that didn't look so good. We try that's, to keep them. That's when they know. As long as we don't get back. overly excited, yeah, you know, saying, oh, right. oh shit, right. or whatever, yeah. Um, then yeah, and our, and our voice doesn't go in a high octave and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've, I've heard the. Usually the F shit. word a lot comes into yeah. it when you're trying to straighten one but I, I never have heard made... the F word, but it was I did get the oh shit when yep. I did my first tandem with your son, by the oh, way. Yeah. I did have a guy almost go into tears because of that, but it was okay. It's probably not recommended when you're jumping and you're an instructor to say, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That oh, is it's true. okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to scare you. Like, that's, bad, when you that's, Listen, when you right. that's when you get I'm beat on. That's when you get beat on. I'm not going to charge you for two jumps. You still only have to pay for the one, that's it. <laughs> Instant karma, that's when you get beat on. Yes. If, if you try, if you do that to somebody, they're gonna pee on you. So and you'll just, deserve it. Uh, that's exactly. right. That's right. But hopefully, we'll dry by the time we land. You know, this. <laughs> Depends on how, how fast up. those turns are. When they puke on you, do you ever try to guess what they had for breakfast? I've I've seen it. No, <laughs> oh. just, no it's just not. It's not fun. Sometimes. I ask. <laughs> Often you smell alcohol. Often you smell alcohol. Do you? Yeah, oh, they come funny. from the bottom of their belly, but they've been drinking the night before, and yeah. they don't tell you. Yeah. You know the oh, whole drunken bet thing that you're going to go right. skydive. Yeah, or maybe some of them trying to get a little courage yeah. before they go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The night before, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I hate it when they used to book in the jumps from the bar. You could do it right from the bar in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning, like makes it ten o'clock. Well, aren't you glad you're not in Vegas? Oh, buddy, so. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. right. I've been thinking a lot of that. They get married while they're drunk, and then they'll come jump out your plane while they're drunk, and then they'll wake up in the morning, they won't remember any. <laughs> what did I do? Boy, I spent a lot of money this weekend. So you mentioned people showing up thinking they'll be able to do wingsuit within. Yeah, they usually the next crawl. Day. Occasionally, after they've made their first jump, they want to think about wingsuit or do something that's way, way out there. A lot of times, we get the phone calls that, fortunately, she handles those very professionally. Until she hangs up the phone. Listen, oh. dummy. I, I, I do not say that until after I have hung up the yes. phone. Well, you're not going to believe what this... I'm very pleasant when I'm on the phone with them. Yeah. It's so, after I hang up that... And know. I will say that about the entire staff. From, from Manifest all the way through to all the instructors, everybody is very professional, and I appreciate it. It takes a lot of energy to do this, not only as a tandem instructor, but running the whole thing and doing it and flying and keeping up with things. And when I'm in the airplane, I can't always see what's going on, on the ground. But that's why I have all them. They they do a great job. Yeah, the and nice part about that, though, is that the ones who don't, you kick out of here. It makes it easier for us. I know. Isn't that, isn't that good? It is yeah. good. <laughs> and when Bill's and the ones that can't pack parachutes, yeah, and the, the, the well. ones that I don't yeah. want, the ones that <laughs> pack parachutes, well, you can guess where they are. When They're Bill, not here. When Bill's up in the air flying the airplane, it makes things easier on the rest of us. <laughs> well, as an instructor, we appreciate Manifest, but we also appreciate our, appreciate our packers. Because if they're not here, yeah. then we have to do that. Yeah. And that, that kind of takes some of the fun out of this guy. I mean, because I'm an opening specialist, not a closing specialist. <laughs> That's I like a good that. one. I, I got They say yeah. always be closing. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess not in this case. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, do any of you wingsuit? Are there any wingsuit flyers here? No, not in this group. Not in, we in this group. We have a couple people that are both wingsuit instructors and do wingsuiting here quite a bit, um, but. I just haven't gotten around. I, I'm not going to create any more habits than I've already done. That takes a lot of work, man. That's an incredible technical specialty. Yes. Level, a whole not new level easy of risk. Yeah. That's the one cutaway that my husband had was on the wing. On the wing. Yeah, You've got right. all this other fabric. You're like your soft wing, and like an airplane, it's got a hard wing. Your soft wing with no engine, and 
there's all the stuff you start to get out of control. It can it can spin you up pretty quick mm -hmm. before the parachute ever opens, and then trying to find all the handles and do this. It's kind of it like be, the difference between mm -hmm. dropping a stick and yeah. dropping a leaf. Yeah. When you're in a wingsuit, that leaf spins. spins. Around and, yeah. yeah. Yep. We don't and like so, the added risk. Jumping yeah. off planes good enough. So, well, if anyone did want to do it, though, we have I was here. Yeah. You need minimum two hundred jumps, usually somewhere right. along yep. that line, and, right? And then go through yeah, a, a ground school. And like I said, we've got a couple <laughs> of instructors here that can teach people. <laughs> and then and the suits, so they can start That's with right. the beginner suit and then a little mm -hmm. more wing and a little bigger, 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 and so on. And we let them do all that and. Uh, Pretty open as long as uh, you know they follow the rules. As long the two the two rules. There you go. Yes. Don't hurt me. Don't scare me. And see, see that, that applies to now. all kinds of airplane <laughs> stuff and everything. It's like, don't hurt me. Don't scare me. Just like that. It's, you know, and you should make that your number one priority. Don't hurt you. Don't scare you. It's a simple process. <laughs> and so the, these are your golden rules. That's it. Yeah. Pretty and much. If we don't want to scare ourselves under uh, a wingsuit, then we can just. Put a small parachute on our back and just come at the ground a, a little faster. A little faster. Yeah. So that's the stick around. Too. He's gonna make a jump. Oh, yeah, he's gonna yeah, do a gonna, tandem. And and uh, my my mother is probably going to yeah. as well. Sweet. Nice. She's the only one in the family that was convinced. Oh wow! To try it. See, that's people awesome. people will always say, "Yeah, I'll do it until they until get they the need chance, to show up, yeah. and then they back out. They come up with all sorts of excuses not to do it." So, is there anything anyone hasn't had a chance to say that they think they'd like to tell anyone? Anyone? Anything they think people should know that maybe they haven't heard yet. I slipped and I, I drank last night. I'm sorry. Oh, oh not that wrong, wrong group. Wrong group. Wrong, wrong group. group. Wrong group. <laughs> I think you should make... Uh, Bill I mean, thinks he's a very funny man. Although we collectively will agree that skydiving isn't for everyone, give it a shot. Yes. Everyone should try it Everybody once. should try it. Yep. doesn't have to be your bucket list, but you should try it once. Absolutely. Yep. As long as you're physically able to, you know, well, I'm not even going to say that because I took the paraplegic class yep, Saturday morning. As yeah. long as long as you fit into the guidelines. Yes. yes. You, know, right. you have to meet the weight limit. Size, you know. yeah. Size matters. Yes, it, it does. You know, the, the parachute only <laughs> handles so much. But and what people way. don't, you know, people don't realize, you know, people come in and they're like, what do you mean I'm too heavy to jump? Well, it's not just the tandem student. It's right. the tandem student, it's the tandem instructor, it's the weight of the gear, it's everything together. They're designed so, to hold a certain amount. Yes. And, and it is regulated. It is yeah. regulated. And, and the weight limit is lower for women than it is for men, which we get that question all the time. Why is it lower for women? Women are built differently mm -hmm. than men are. are they? Women tend to carry their weight... You haven't, you haven't noticed yet? I haven't noticed that. <laughs> no, that's because your wife is not a bigger woman. <laughs> Women tend to carry their weight in their hips and thighs, which is exactly where the harness. the harness is fitting. So, you know, you have a woman versus a man at the same weight. Women are typically shorter. Their weight is distributed differently. So the man may be able to go and the women not so much. It just depends on level of fitness and well. Not only is it safety, not only is it safety, but it's also comfort. Mm -hmm. Oh, de definitely. You know, yeah, you, you don't. You wanna, don't want to pass out because circulation is cut off. You don't want to mm -hmm. throw up. Right. No, nobody wants to do that. And you can't change the law. The yeah, law no. of gravity is there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not going to slow yeah. down. Yeah. It's not going to say, "Oh, wait." They're a little bit too big. I'll just ease up a little. Bit. <laughs> it's a law. I mean, maybe if we flew them to another 
Maybe they could do a uh, tandem another, on the moon. <laughs> right. If we bring them to another <laughs> astral body, yes. maybe then. It's, and it's not mean. It's just really <laughs> no, designed for realistic. their safety. And, and we have people come out, you know, once we explain to them the situation, a lot of times they're like, you know what? I'm going to try to lose some weight and then I'll come back, mm-hmm. yep. which is great, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have actually taken a, a few that, which I didn't realize at the time, but when we're under... Under the parachute, we carry on a conversation with our passenger. Mm-hmm. I, one in particular was, um, I'm doing, I said, so what brought you out here? This is after the free fall portion. We're under the parachute. And she goes, well, I'm celebrating losing, I lost 120 pounds. And I was like, well, awesome. good for you. Yeah. And she goes, well, this was my present. That's I great. Like, I thought that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And we do not weigh people here. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we, we, we did. We recently have put a scale up. We have it out I've seen, yes. But I mean, typically you can tell. When, you it's know, how you but carry not, yourself. It is how you carry. If, yeah. if it says you know 175 pounds for women, if you're 176, first. you know yeah, that work. that yeah. doesn't mean you're not going to be able to go. Right. If you're 176 pounds and four foot nine, then it's a pretty you're good. You're not going to be able yeah. to go. <laughs> if you're five foot six, five foot seven. You know, you're likely going to be able to go. It'll, you know, it just depends you're spreading on the person. It out a little bit. So to wrap it up, what we'll do is we'll discuss any online resources you guys might want to recommend. I mean, obviously your own website, mm-hmm. right, which is skydivemonroe.com. Yep. Are there any other online resources you'd recommend to people to learn more information or to be able to find out about certification process or anything like that? USPA.org. USPA.org. And you're looking for the SIM, the Skydive Information Manual. And they also show videos from Mm -hmm. the different categories for AFF. Yeah, what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, what what is going to be expected of you, actually. Right. Um, How to perform in the air. There's like dropzone.com, but that's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a bonfire kind of thing. And there's no regulation... Good and bad stuff. Good and bad information is out there, but it's entertaining. So, so that one, if people go to it, they should take it with a keep that yeah. in mind. Your, your best bet for information is to go to your local drop zone and talk to your instructors and your drop zone owner and right. you know, your experienced jumpers. You know. But if you want just the regulations, then USPA.org. Yeah, that's a great um, one. That It is a lot mm-hmm. of good information. And what about any of you? Do you have any personal websites where you blog about your jumps I or anything like not. that no. no most actually most don't. Yeah. unless they know me know me they don't know that I skydive I don't yeah. advertise that I, I don't, my husband does but I don't that's because he's so proud of you he thinks you're <laughs> awesome because <laughs> you're a skydiver Annie <laughs> Annie is awesome she is whatever but not because she skydives yeah. she's just awesome in general <laughs> And if people want to see that video of the older woman almost falling out of the harness, I'll let them find that themselves. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Well, with that, so they gave us some websites. Do you have any websites you want to throw in there other than Skydive Monroe? USPA. And USPA. Skydive Monroe. That's it. If you want to skydive anywhere in the United States, skydivemonroe.com is your only option. Exactly. Coolest people. Lots of information, and you can even make a reservation online if you wish to do so. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's... You can do that. You can order a pizza online now, and you can make a reservation to skydive online. You can can even order your pizza to be delivered at the drop zone (laughs) when you come out to make your table. Uh Or you can just order pizza and send it out to us. Yes. That yeah. works that as well. But then hopefully they'll pay for it before they yeah. send yeah. it to yeah. <laughs> Prepay. Although I could include the pizza in the cost of your jump. That would not be okay, too. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, I guess uh, 
we'll wrap this up. So All right. thanks Thank everybody for Thank getting you. up, especially those of you that need to be here. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know. And now, uh, now I get to go away for a while before I come back to work. <laughs> All right, so time for airplanes and pizza. Yes. Time, that's right. You're on the first load, both of you guys. Sweet. All right. Okay, really. So just a quick reminder to everyone out there, when you jump, be sure to thank Manifest. They are the ones who made it possible. I'd like to thank everyone again at Skydive Monroe for sitting down with me. Everyone else there who made it possible, those people who allowed me and my mother to jump. That is correct. So earlier in July at Skydive Monroe, I did my second tandem jump and my mother did her very first She jumped with Bruce, who you heard previously on this podcast, and I jumped with a different tandem instructor, Steve Etheridge. I was very curious to see how my mom was going to respond to falling out of an airplane, and she seemed to like it a whole lot. I made sure she jumped first because I wanted to watch her go out of that door, and she did not hesitate for a second. And when we both landed and I walked over, she had a huge smile on her face. And when I asked her how she liked it, she said she loved it. And she wants to do it again. And she talked to a bunch of people in the family about it. And other people in the family said, oh, I'd never do that. And then some people said, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And other people are telling her that she has to go back with them and jump with them. So if you've got one of those families who you think is never, ever going to jump, just convince one of them. And then the dominoes will start to fall in place as all of the other family members who have an inkling of an interest start to come out of that woodwork as soon as one person displays the courage to do it. I want to thank Steve, who jumped with me. He did a great job. He gave great instruction. Super easy jump. It's interesting to have jumped in two separate places on separate coasts of the U.S. When I jumped a few years ago in California out here where the air is really dry and clear... I felt like I could see forever, and there was a very different feeling to jumping in the moist, cloudy atmosphere of the greener Georgia. And it was actually quite a cool experience falling past all of the various cloud layers and just looking ahead into the hazy distance and seeing some of the features and and mountains and things out there. I can absolutely see why people who skydive like to travel around the world and jump from different places because it's a totally different experience depending on the environment and the climate where where you choose to jump. So thanks again to everyone at Skydive Monroe. Now is the time for all of you listening to head on over to our website, gogetoutside.com slash podcast. You know the drill. Find episode 38, Roundtable at Skydive Monroe. And there you will find all of the usual things you're going to find there. Photographs. If you've ever seen skydiving photographs, you know that they're always worth taking a look at. So if for no other reason, head to the website, take a look at all the various photographs we got from Skydive Monroe, and you're going to find a bunch of links there. And if you're interested in skydiving, these links are going to be super helpful. Links to Skydive Monroe website, their Facebook page, the USPA website, the Skydivers info manual, dropzone.com, and a few of the events that I'm about to mention. So if you're in the Georgia area, 
or surrounding areas. Skydive Monroe has a number of events coming up they'd like me to mention. Later this month, on the 7th and 8th of October, they will have their UGA Sky Dogs event. On the 15th and 16th of this month, they will have their canopy course. And looking ahead into next year, 2017, they will have the USPA Safety Day on March 11th. And the ESP's Jump Fly event for charity, which will happen on May 13th. So head to the website, take a look at those links, take a look at those photos. And what do I always ask you to do now that I know you're online and you've taken your hands off the steering wheel or stopped shaving your face or whatever you were doing while you were listening to this and ran to your nearest internet machine? That's right. I want you to contact us here at the show. Go at ButcherBirdStudios.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what you think about skydiving. And... If you don't like email, if you don't like typing, if it hurts your fingers, if you have delicate fingers, maybe you burnt them on the stove and and you want to let them heal, so you need to contact us some other way, you can do that. You can give us a call, 818-925-0106. That's our Google voicemail. You can leave us a message. And if you'd like to do us here at the show, a great big favor and help make sure this show continues far into the future, then head to Stitcher iTunes, Google Play, wherever you consume podcasts. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, review the show. Next time on the show, we are going to continue with what I am now officially calling Free Fall Month. So here on October 1st, we had Skydive Monroe come back October 16th for St. George, Utah's very own Levi Arnone. He is a climber, canyoneer, and most importantly for our discussion, a base jumper and a wingsuit flyer. So come back in two weeks and check that out. See you then.